Hey y'all, welcome back to the tour. This is episode four. Um, finally kind of getting the hang of this podcasting thing, kind of just working my way in. Still new to me. Hopefully you guys stick around a little bit more. You know, I'm learning. I'm still kind of getting better at this shit. So the more I do it, the more better I get. And definitely I do need like some feedback on this, you know, what to improve, what, like, what can I do to get better? Um, and you can always do that on the YouTube chat. YouTube channel, oh, sorry for the burp, YouTube channel, um, the tour podcast, um, or uh, Instagram, the tour podcast, same shit. So today, we're going to talk a bunch of shit. We got the NBA, we got uh, some Formula One, we got a little bit of NFL news, um, and then we got a bunch of soccer news too, because a lot has happened this week, and we definitely want to kind of tackle everything and kind of talk about it real quick so we'll start off with nba because a lot of shit has happened as you guys know the playoffs started this week so the 2020 playoffs started this week um i'll take it back a little bit and talk about some of the stuff that happened before then the, uh the playoffs so we had in the bubble we had the suns go undefeated so they went the whole eight and oh and they had a chance to go into the playoffs that was if i think portland lost or something that game which they end up winning and then it set up a Portland and Memphis playing game, which was the first game ever in the NBA for playing. So Portland had to win one, um, they're in, um, or Memphis wins two, and they're in uh, for the eighth seed. Um, so what happened in that game was Lillard and McCollum just went off. Lillard had 41 points, and McCollum had 44 points. Um, Nurkic put in work, 22 points, 21 rebounds. I mean, this nigga was like... Phew. He was flying out there. So yeah, they got into the eighth seed. And to me, I kind of just saw them as an okay team. Nothing really there, but they definitely showed out into the NBA playoffs. So let's go through each team. Because I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Game ones have already been played, all of them. So we have final scores. So Nuggets versus Jazz. The Nuggets won that one in overtime. Um, what happened was... Um, Jazz player Spider Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell, he just went off. 57 points. Like he, he went crazy, kept the team in. Everybody else was trash. But at the end of the day, the Nuggets just have too many players. They have like the whole bench. So they can just keep throwing bodies out there and they'll win. And Jamal Murray showed up for the playoffs, man. Like he balled the fuck out. He was really out there, kind of like killing it. So help them, help the Nuggets get, um, get over game one. I see this one just being a sweep, really. I don't see the Jazz having any answers for the Nuggets, especially the perimeter. They just have no scoring. They, only, they don't have any other point guard who can keep up with the scoring that Mitchell does. So, I got the Nuggets in uh, as a sweep for the game one. And that should be pretty simple for them. Give them some time to rest and move on to the next one. Next thing we'll move on is into the Eastern Conference, or the Raptors versus the Nets. Um, this is pretty simple. The Nets have nobody really to play with. They're pretty much playing for next year. They went for KD and Kyrie to come back and get some new pieces up in there. Um, so the Raptors going to watch them, 134 to 110. Nothing new there. The Raptors going to sweep this one. It shouldn't be that much work for them. They're just well all machines. I still don't have that much faith in them, but they are a pretty good team. They have a good core of, st of starters, and they can play kind of that up and down quickly. Um, so... I definitely see them kind of going to move in a little bit forward. Quickly, we move on to Celtics and the 76ers. 
I'm I'm surprised that 76 has actually kept the game this close. Because they, they don't have Ben Simmons in there. Like, their main point guard, their, their main player. Um, so that Embiid, and Embiid can do it all. He just, he's he's really good, but he can't do it all. So Celtics, this one, I do see them kind of getting a game or two out of this. Um, but the big news for the Celtics is that Gordon Hayward is out. So that does limit them on their bench and figure out like who to add in there to kind of take some of the load off. Um, so he's out for the entire month. So for them, it's kind of good if they can extend some series a little bit um, and win him in like six games. So that it kind of gives them enough time for Gordon Hayward to come back into the mix. But this one is all Celtics. Uh, sixes, man. I don't know, man. You guys need to think, think things through. A lot of pieces need to be either gone or brought in that can work with Embiid because you need shooters. You can't have mid-range players playing with Embiid who plays in the mid-range. Like, it just takes up too much space. Um, on the other side, we had Clippers and Mavericks. This is just going to be a wash. Four-game four game sweep. Clippers, just too many bodies. They just can switch everything. Luka played well, but if you got Kawhi and Paul George and also the players are switching on you all the time, and they're really good defenders. I don't know what you can do. I don't know what you can do with this one. So, I, Clippers, man. I got That's my team to make it the final. Um, the next game is the Heat versus Pacers. Now, this one, it just depends how it goes. So, when it started, Old Depot was nice. But then he got hurt. Um, so, he's probably not going to be in for game two. We'll probably come back for game three. But still. The Pacers kind of kept it close most of the game. Um, the final score was 113 to 101, but I still I still think this one might go up to six games. Um, the Heat had a good game. I don't see them having that all the time. I feel like they might have some off games. Um, and the Pacers are really a scrappy team. Like each one of their players just want to play hard, um, and they just want to like just die for the ball. All the all that shit that the coaches like. That's the Pacers. So I see them kind of getting up there. Um, another game, the Thunder and the Rockets. <sighs> I thought this one would be competitive because they do play kind of similar styles where they have semi-small ball, except the Thunder have a big man. But Adams is still kind of like a really like versatile big man. He, he can't hit threes, but in the post, he plays well. He plays good defense. But man, the Rockets, man. <sighs> James Harden, one of the greatest scorers of this era, probably even ever, like that guy just phew, unstoppable. One one on one goes against anybody, um, and the small ball man is a problem. Because if you guys can't score, they run it back, hit a three or a layup. Some guys already running already. Um, so I do see them kind of making a sweep for this one. So this one isn't anything crazy. Um, so let's move on to some of the crazy shit that happened. So yesterday, the Magic. Beat, beat the Bucks. This was a shocker because they're number one seed. It's supposed to be really good. Antetokounmpo had his game. I mean, you can't say that he, he didn't play well. He played amazing. It blows my mind that they lost this game. And they got whooped. But that's because I think the Magic just had it out of the fucking roll game. Like, they were just hitting threes, getting open. <sighs> I don't see that happening again. I do see this being like a four or five, uh, I mean a five, six game series. The, best, the Bucks are going to bounce back. I'm not really worried about this one. What I'm worried about is the Lakers versus the Trailblazers. 
the Trailblazers Blazer is just won their game, so Portland beat LA. The game was close the entire time, and LA is the number one seed. Like, I don't know what happened to them in the bubble, but something happened to where the team is just clicking as they were. Because in the regular season, they were just smashing everybody. Like, they didn't even have to try. They put all the big bodies in there, and they were out. They were outlengthening everybody pretty much. And now they can't guard anybody. They can't stop anybody from getting the paint. So they're in big trouble. I, LeBron James put in put in the game. He killed it with a stat: 23, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 15 assists, 15 assists. So he definitely put in his work. So I don't. I'm concerned about the Lakers with this one. I still see them beating Portland because they're the eighth seed. But I think Portland might give them some work for them to do. Um, it won't be an easy ride until the second round for them. But they do have to get through that shit to make it competitive for everybody else. Because if they get beat, it's pretty much a walk for the Clippers. So LA is pretty much the only team built to beat the Clippers. <sighs> the NBA Finals, man. What The playoffs, man. What can I say? I'm really excited. It, it's The thing about this is, the first round tells you a lot about a team, who they're matched up with, and what you can do against them. And especially as the games keep going on, you get to see how players and the teams kind of adjust. And I do see like a lot of teams adjusting because it's only game one um, out, of, out of a seven-game series. So all the teams that are a higher seed, I do see them make, making it through because the NBA does kind of favor the higher seed teams. Usually means that they have better players, better scores, whatever, better tactics. Whatever they have, they're just better than anybody else. Man, the NBA, man. I, I'm excited. I'm I'm genuinely excited to get playoffs back. The next thing I do want to talk over is just a quick NFL thing kind of going on. We can just fly, the, fly the, through, through this real quick. So we have Kittle from the San Francisco 49ers getting uh, his new contract. Now he's the highest paid um, tight end. And he deserves it because the guy has been really good. Like... They need him, especially with Garoppolo being back there. And he, I'm still not sold on him, especially since like he's more of the type of don't win us the game, but just don't lose us the game. That's his type. So they need Kittle, a tight end who can just block and run so he can make easy throws, at least get a couple yards. So I definitely see that happening for Kittle being like a breakout star worth worthy of his contract in the long term so good signing for them um we still need to get more um they still need to get more players man because i don't know man their their offense just was really terrible um in the last super bowl um the next thing i do want to talk about is hard knocks man episode one is out and this time they're covering two teams instead of one so they got the rams and they got the chargers they're covering and episode one was just basically dealing with COVID and figuring out how they're going to do all the team stuff around all this new health rules, um, trying to keep everybody safe. Um, so the uh, the Chargers actually have like a tent instead of like a locker room. And I'm, 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 I'm excited. I love hard knocks. This is what a lot of um, other sports should do. They should have like a hard knocks type of thing because it gets us to know who the players are. It's like how Formula 1 has drafted survive. It tells you who the who the I guess drivers are, so you kind of build a relationship with them, 
and when you see them on screen, you're like, oh yeah, I know that, that person. Because, especially in football, like, motherfuckers are wearing helmets. You don't know who they are. Like, they just blend into other players. And most of them are just unknown. So it's kind of good to kind of get them out there and get to know who they are. And I do wish they kind of focus more on the players and the season. Um, but it was really nice to know who the coaches are, um, what the life is, and just them being people other than employees or people you see on TV. We get to see how they think and how they're going through all this shit. Um, the thing that is new, though, that it is that they no longer have preseason games. So now they're cutting teams down faster um, just for the health reasons so that they don't have too many players and just increase the risk of everybody kind of getting COVID or COVID spreading on the team. So they are cutting players really, really quickly, which is just how things are. I mean, it sucks for like players who kind of have a bad week. Because if you have a bad week, man, like if you had two weeks to prove yourself or if a game happens and maybe you're in the bubble to get cut, you would just kind of get thrown in there and be able to play really well. And then coaches like get get like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, he's he plays well in games, but he starts in practice. So let's see how he plays the next game. But without that, man, a lot of people are not going to get their chances, which sucks. But that's just how things go with stuff like this. And I hope most of these players do carve out some kind of career or just get on a practice team somewhere because um, you do hate to see it. I hate seeing like when players get cut. It's kind of like an emotional thing. Man, let's move on to soccer, man. A lot of things happen. <laughs> a lot of things. The biggest one that happened in the Champions League was uh, Bayern Munich being the breaks out of Barcelona. 8-2 final score and um, we had a couple of score. We had Thomas Mueller, uh, Ivan Persicic, man, I suck with names, uh, Gnabry, uh, Kimmich, Lewandowski finally got his because he was hunting for one for like a minute. So he finally got his score. And then off the bench, Barca player on loan, Coutinho, scored two to just kind of dig that knife real in there. And we all kind of saw it coming. Like, when the game started, it was kind of hectic. Anybody could have been up 3-1. But Barcelona just didn't have that passion. It's like they just didn't care. They were just there just to play. Um, which led to the coach getting fired right after the game. Like, this guy didn't even get to the fucking locker room. He's already fired. And I think a lot of players already knew that's going to happen. And they didn't care. It's like when you show up to a job and you know, like, your supervisor is not going to be there. You just stop putting that much work in. So for them, it Barcelona, man. Let's talk about Barcelona for a little bit. Barcelona is an aging team. All they have is just Messi. That's all they have. Anybody else, they don't have any players. If they don't have any academy players coming up, all the young players are just okay. So they need to like really, really figure out how to get players. And the biggest thing is, when they sold Neymar for $200 million, they squandered all that money. They can't even sign big players now because they don't have enough money. So I don't know what Barcelona's going to do. So they need to figure that shit out. Or Messi's going to leave. Or they're trying to kind of get a new board, president voted in. I don't think I'll fix anything. That's just, that's just up top tier executive shit. What they need is get their loan players back. Find a way to put them in. Like Coutinho, why is Coutinho in Bayern Munich? You should begin sometime, at least off the bench, for their team. Just give them that spark. That's what they need. So, 
that's something they need to work on, man, because Barcelona is in big, big trouble going forward if they don't have new players, especially exciting players coming up. Like their opposite team, like Real Madrid has some young players who are just like are going to be problems in a couple of years since they're getting playing time and they're playing real well. So yeah, the final score is kind of fooling you. It should be really 8-1 um, since Alaba did score an own goal early on. So they didn't really do anything. They didn't show up at all. The next surprise that happened was uh, Leon beating Manchester City. And this game was, it was really dumb because the announcers were talking about it when watching the game. They changed it, and Manchester City changed the entire tactic to kind of play a holding role more than anything. So they had a bunch of players who were just not doing anything for the first half. Nothing happened. It was a 1-1 game um, until the second half when uh, Pep decided to put actually like attacking players. And they have all these attacking players on the bench. I have no idea why they even play them. And I don't know. So once they got them in, they they were like really there attacking. They were getting chances. Like Sterling, my favorite player, like he missed a easy chip in. Like this thing was like right at his fucking legs. He all had to do was just kind of just touch it. But he clearly missed it, and that changed the whole thing. Um, Leon brought in Dembele. Dembele scored two goals late um, and put them away. So the final score was 3-1. Um, and the funny thing, too, about Manchester City, the tactic wasn't bad. It did what it needed to do. They wanted to hold the ball. They had 72% of possession. So they were controlled the game 100%, but they just didn't make any chances until the second half. And by then, when they made the chances, they weren't cashing them in. They had 18 shots, 7 on target, and you only get one goal out of it. That's terrible. Like, something needs to be changed. So, after all the bullshit they went through, they got reinstated back to the Champions League and able to play. Um, then they lay an egg. And then now it's like, well, back to the drawing board. So next time, I hope they do bring out the big guns instead of having them in the bench. Um, and actually kind of play to win a game instead of playing to kind of control a game. Now I want to move on to the Europa Cup area. So we had Manchester United losing to Sevilla. <sighs> I was watching this game. Manchester United had this game in the bag. I... Sevilla is pretty much playing defense. All they were doing was playing defense, waiting, and then counterattacking. Manchester United just could not get a shot in. They tried whatever they can. They couldn't. So Sevilla ended up scoring and a goal late. Took them out. And now they're going to the finals to face Inter Milan, who fucking smashed this random ass team. Uh, Shakhtar? I think, that's, I think that's the name. Shakhtar. They just smashed them. They, pff, pff. Lukaku, man. If this guy doesn't get a contract, bro. This guy was killing it for them. They need him long term because he plays really well for uh, Inter Milan. And he thrives in the, in the Italian league, man. Like, Serie A, that's his league. They can't stop him. So, we got Sevilla. Inter Milan, I personally got Inter Milan winning this shit because Sevilla was just playing defense before. Um, Inter Milan has better better players, um, much more lethal scorers, and I see them just kind of running wild on them. And yeah, man, like a lot of things happen in soccer. I'm excited to see what happens next. And the game should be coming up pretty soon this week to decide both champions. And then after that, uh, soccer season kind of dies down for a little bit, and then we just pick it up, pick it back up in a few in a few weeks. The, the next thing I'll talk about is um, Formula One. So this is the last thing I want to talk about quickly. 
So Spanish Grand Prix get Spanish Grand Prix 2020 happened. So Hamilton wins, uh, Verstappen second, Bottas third, third, uh, Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez uh, fourth and fifth. So really good showing from the Racing Point team. Um, Red Bull still Albon man, he plays really. I mean, he drives really well, but something's gonna miss him with him. I think he just needs kind of like a better wave. And as I talked about last week, if Valtteri Bottas cannot be in the leading position. Because of this, he could not catch up to Max. Like, Hamilton won this like race super easy. He didn't even have to like sweat anything. But Botas, for some reason, he just cannot keep up. Like, you have the you have the better car out of everyone there, so you should be able to um, quickly catch up to him and pass him. At least give him some like something to to think about. But anyway, that's just my my own tangent going on. Hamilton won. Uh, he broke another record. I don't know fucking record. He, break, he breaks records every week. So definitely the goat of Formula One racing to ever play. Um, but I do want to talk about quickly about Racing Point because they had a really strong showing after kind of being pathetic the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know what they did to the car, but they finally kind of got a good mix of their upgrades. So now they can actually be competitive. And that's where I expect him to be for the entire thing. So I expect him to be the leader of the mid, uh, mid field area of the racing. So, because they they pretty much have the Mercedes that won the championship last year. So I expect them to be up at top. And I don't, I actually don't, I would not be surprised if they get a a, a, st- a podium position one of the days. Because um, they're that good. They just need something that's gonna break their way. Um, but good on Lance Stroll, man. He needed to show up, and he finally showed up for, for the team. The last thing I'll talk about in Formula 1 is the ban of what's called party mode coming up. So if you don't know what party mode is, is during qualifying, so you have three rounds of qualifying uh, to determine which position you're going to be in in the race. Um, so what's going on is a lot of teams, they have different engine mapping uh, depending on which qualifying. And... They can either make the car produce more power, but make the engine less reliable um, for them, which it doesn't matter because they're not racing a long term. All they're doing is have to make one quick lap and get the best lap. Um, so the the FIA is trying to ban that, and they're trying to ban that ASAP um, so that it can kind of take away the sting for Mercedes. Because Mercedes, when they use their party modes, they just completely destroy everyone during the race and during qualifying. So the, what they want to implement is you have to use the same engine mapping that you are going to be using qualifying and part of the in in I think part of most of the race. So that's what they're going to be working on. Can that can that figured out and tuned in? I don't see anything anything changing really. Um, they do have the better car, and if anything, Mercedes can just always run their party mode from the start and just completely wipe everybody out in the in qualifying one. So. Nothing major is gonna change. It's just some teams might get a quick bump, and some team might some teams might lose and go down a little bit. <sighs> Interesting stuff happening in Formula One. Nothing's gonna happen this year. Mercedes is gonna win it, so I don't see it. But yeah, that is episode four. Just want to do one really quickly. Um, I'm still learning to do this, so if you have any feedback or if you listen to this, thank you so much. 
um, and I will see you next week. Peace out.